you in the name of all that is good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Good morning once again. You know, the first line of their song that they sang, it says, this is your life. So the question I have, is life grand or what? If not, keep listening. Because welcome to this year's Faith in Action series. as based on Don Miguel's book, his Toltec wisdom book, The Voice of Knowledge. And he subtitles it, A Practical Guide for Inner Peace. And of course, we know that inner peace is not in any way, shape, or form dependent upon what takes place in the outside world. It's all about what's going on within us, our inner change and transformation, in which we recognize that the power is indeed lies within and those who recognize this, and they hang out for any length of time, sometimes if they get into it, they may run away screaming because they're not necessarily willing to be transformed by the renewing of their minds and hearts. Because this is not a neutral place. It's a transformational community. And we're here to take the words to heart from Mahatma Gandhi when he said that we must be the change that we want to see. So I said we don't come here to stay the same. As I mentioned from time to time, we accept you as you are, but we do expect you to change. <laughs> We're here to, to grow from God's glory to greater glory. And of course, those who don't, you know, once they find out what it's about, they leave quickly. I understand because this transformational energy is no joke. Because oftentimes it could either drive you crazy or drive you sane. And we want to be sane in God, sane in life. So welcome to Faith in Action. You know, we realize that the word faith is sometimes tossed around quite a bit. You know, I used to look around at people in my family and I used to say, my God, they got a lot of faith. They just, they just have faith. And I often believe that meant faith in God. And if we have enough faith, then somehow this presence that we call God will show up. You know, our prayers will be answered. We have enough faith in this God presence. It'll solve our problems. It'll meet our needs. Particularly if we're good enough, you know, this presence will show up and rescue us from whatever challenges or circumstances we may find ourselves in. And so I may say, man, I wish I had the faith of so-and-so. They seem to have so much faith. 
as if some people, some folks have more faith than others. But as we get on this path, we realize that faith is a spiritual faculty inherent within all of us. It's already whole. It's already complete. We have all the faith we're ever going to have. You know, Don Miguel, when he talks about faith, he says, faith is an agreement. It's an agreement when you agree to believe in something without a doubt. And it may be anything, but whatever it is, whatever we have belief in without a doubt, we invest our faith in. So the question that's for us today, are we going to invest in the tree of knowledge or in the tree of life? The topic of the day. And, and I shared earlier that something crossed my mind. When I was thinking about, you know, this tree of knowledge, you know, many years ago, you know, I was, uh, you know, very a strong fan of uh, a team in Florida. We used to play, you know, another college team, you know, the University of Nebraska. And they were a, at that time a powerhouse. They would just maul over everybody. And I used to, you know, joke with a friend of mine and we used to kind of go back and forth about, you know, how our respective teams were not that good. And I said one time that, you know, Nebraska is really nothing but a football factory. That's all they really do. They don't really have anything related to, you know, high academics. And that person said, no, that's not true. He said, can you look on there and see that field out there? Do you see that big N that's on the middle of the field? And he asked me, do you know what that stands for? And I said, I think I do, but tell me. He said, it stands for knowledge. <laughs> Made my point. <laughs> but the tree of knowledge is nothing more than the untruth that we accept as true. You know, I often say that someone told me a lie believed acts as truth until it's neutralized by the truth. But the tree of life is the foundation of everything in existence. It's when we see with spiritual eyes. It's a place of peace. It's a place of joy and wisdom and freedom. It's a place of eternal love that comes straight from the force, straight from the source that we call God. So I was thinking about this talk this week and kind of reflecting, meditating and trying to say, well, I don't want to say exactly what's in the book. I got to add a little something to it. And uh, something told me to share this anecdote that just kind of popped up in my mind. Now, I often tell you that something is another name for God. I don't know if you ever had that experience. You get ready to go somewhere or, you know, and, and, and do something. And you say, you know, that something is telling me to do this. Or I, something has told me, don't go down this street today. And then you find out you do it anyway and it's blocked or there's some traffic there. So... This something was telling me to say this story, and I was saying, no, nah, I don't want to do it, but something kept nudging me, and I'll make it part of the talk, so here we go. You know, I just thought about the idea that, you know, there's a life force, for example, and this life force is in, in the womb, and it's, 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 it's not anything yet, but it's getting a little cozy there. It feels good, you know, it's getting all the food that it wants, it's getting all the nourishment that it needs, and... It starts growing and it gets a little confined in there, but it doesn't know anything else. So it just adapts and everything seems to be all okay. And then suddenly the birthing process happens. It gets out of its comfort zone. 
You start feeling distress and duress and, 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 it's, and it's thinking, you know, it doesn't quite know what's happening, but it's probably having a feeling that there's something wrong here. And all of a sudden it, it comes out uh, and, it, and it sees all the bright lights and see these giant people and one of the people grabs him by his legs and smacks him on his butt. And I don't know if they really do that or anything, but, you know, <laughs> but it does wash him off all of a sudden. And it's, and it's probably saying, hey, I just don't quite feel what I'm used to. But it doesn't focus on that because there's all this other stuff that's going on that it doesn't quite understand. And it's traumatic, perhaps. But the trauma begins to fade. It fades in the background. It's not conscious of it anymore. It may still be there in the unconscious that there's something not quite right. There's something wrong, but it settles down. It starts hearing words being spoken to it, you know, mama, dada, granny, grandpa, auntie, whatever. And every time somebody comes up to it, it starts saying this one word over and over again. It said, little Chucky, little Chucky, whatever his name is. And then it realized, oh, they're talking about me. When, I, when this comes up, I need to start paying attention. And then it starts overhearing some conversations like, those people are scary. You know, these are the things you need to be afraid of. Those people are over there, they're not like us. Oh, they've been starting hearing things that happen in the world. They say, oh, ain't it awful? Oh, this is bad. That's a horrible person over there. They were, they were born on the wrong side of the tracks. Or there's something ungodly about them. Or they're not good enough. I'm not good enough. They hear all of this stuff. And the next thing you know, little Chucky is thinking just like everybody else around them. And it just accepts what's going on and just says that's just the way it is without question when it takes in those beliefs that becomes its mindset and that equals the tree of knowledge the falsehoods what Don Miguel Ruiz calls the lies that are believed that are accepted as truth these untruths that have nothing to do with who and what we really are. That has nothing to do with the source from which we have come that we represent all its qualities. It has nothing to do with that tree of life. You know, Don Miguel Ruiz references the Adam and Eve story and how the serpent or the snake was once an angel that delivered God's message. And this was from the tree of life. But it became a fallen angel, and now it's giving a message from the tree of knowledge. It starts delivering these falsities, and these falsities indicate fear instead of love. And we begin to believe the fallen angel stories. Those are the, the, the committees in our mind that are telling us over and over again that there's something less than operating in your life. And we begin to put our faith energy in that. And it begins to live in us. And it becomes on some level, our own personal belief system. It becomes part of our paradigm. See, believing in this untruth, those lies, as, as Don Miguel talks about, is that tree of knowledge. And when we live from that, we create all kinds of injustice, and there is violence and abuse and suffering and judgment and the belief in separation and the need to punish or to be punished, not only on an individual level, but on a collective level, on a societal level. 
because we bought into the belief that the tree of knowledge that is not from the presence of God, we bought into something that is not from that tree of life. But here's the thing, we always have a choice. And choice is dependent upon, as that song says, who are we listening to? Or what are we putting our trust in? You know, some of you many years ago, I, from my previous life, you know, I practiced law, and of course you had to go to law school first. And I, I don't remember most of my professors, but there was one guy there who was, his name was Walter Wayrock. I only remember his name, another guy named Walter Prober. I don't know why I remember the Walters for some reason. But Walter Wayrock, you know, I would go into his class and he taught family law and he was way ahead of his time in seeing what was going to happen 10, 20, 30 years down the line. But the first couple of weeks I was in this class, I couldn't understand what he was saying. You know, he, he, was, he was brilliant, but he had a German accent. It was very thick. So it took me like a couple of weeks to kind of get into the groove and what he was saying. But anyway, what I remember him saying, I don't remember anything else he said. He said that when you get in this profession, you have to remember, trust nothing and no one without fully investigating the source. And I always remember that because sometimes people would tell me stuff and I think it sounds really good. And then I find out it had nothing to do with what was going on. We have to go to the source. You know, in the Gospel of Matthew, it says it states that no man or woman can serve two masters. For either they will hate one or love the other. Or else they will hold on to one and they'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon simultaneously. And as I interpret that from this reading from this week, God equals the tree of life. Mammon equals the tree of knowledge. And the question is, whom shall we serve? We either go with the God-inspired ideas of spirit the qualities of this presence of wisdom and love and abundance, or we can go with the material, the mammon, which is changeable. And those things originate from the unspiritualized ego and usually is rooted in some form of lack or limitation or belief in not enough. Because depending on what we are giving our attention to, it will determine the predominant thoughts that we have and ultimately our life experience. So we ask the question, whose thoughts are we thinking? Who are we listening to? Now this ought to be a mantra. It ought to be a statement that we ask frequently throughout the course of our day. You know, lately one of the things I've been doing in, in the morning is, is getting up and writing out, well, what's my intention? Not just my to-do, but what's my intention for today? You know, what's one of my bigger goals? It's not a task, but a way of being. And one of them is to ask myself to make sure, or telling myself to monitor my thoughts. Just periodically just stop, monitor the thoughts, and see where I'm having limited thinking, where I'm having that, that voice of knowledge thinking, and to help us kind of wake up. You know, real thinking is when we, you know, we move into the realm of, of God and we receive divine inspiration. You know, in the Eastern cultures, that's what real thinking is about. You know, in the Western cultures, it means to create, to bring something into the visible world. But when we combine both of them together, then we begin to first connect with that 
that the tree of life, those spiritual ideas that move through the realm of God by becoming still and then being captured by that divine inspiration. And then we bring that divine inspiration into fruition. But here, most people, what they do is not think. It's simply the, what I call the rehashing of the mentation of the ego. Now, I don't know if mentation is a word, but I just made it up so it's a word now. <laughs> but that equals the voice of knowledge. And often masquerades itself as thinking and just moves through the human consciousness. In other words, there are so many people that have been hypnotized into a belief of a sense of separation from this presence, from this force, from this source that we call God, that they've been taught that. Many of us have been taught that. We begin to feel it. We begin to experience it. And what moves them is not thoughts from the presence, but the rehashing of fears and doubts and worries and self-imposed limitations. That's the voice of knowledge. And it runs the gamut of the human experience. And oftentimes we just accept it because that's kind of what we've accepted. You know, I always think about, you know, the stories of the Hatfields and McCoys. If you ask them, well, how did all this begin? We don't know, but our parents told us we had to believe like this, and that's how it is. And oftentimes life begins to follow that pattern. But real thought, and any thought I should say, comes from one of two realms, the realm of God, which is a high vibration, that's everywhere, that is inspirational, that is that tree of life that Don Miguel Ruiz talks back, talks, talks about. And then there's the sea, what I call of mental garbage. I get caught up in that from time to time. Those are the highly charged thought forms of our world. It's known as mammon, as it says in that scripture, or the tree of knowledge that Don Miguel talks about. And this sea of debris is what many people participate in all day long. And that particular mentation of ego has thoughts of fear and separation and breeds more and more of that. It has, you know, children and family members and leads to acquisition, manipulation and domination. So we need to ask ourselves throughout the course of our day, who am I listening to? What thoughts am I thinking? I remember I was very young. And so some of these memories just pop into my mind from time to time. And, you know, I was with my mother and I didn't know any better. You know, I see a piece of candy on the floor and I pick it up and, you know, put it in my mouth. Knock it out of my hand and say, put that down, put that down. You don't know where that has been. You don't know what kind of dirt had been on top of that candy before you start putting it in your mouth. And I realized we probably need to do the same thing on our thoughts. We need to put down certain thoughts because we don't know where that thought may have been before it came to us. We don't know whose mind that went through, that low vibration, what they were thinking about. They may be thinking thoughts that come from a reality theory that has nothing to do with reality at all. So we ask ourselves, who and what am I listening to? Is it the tree of knowledge? Or is it the tree of life? And if it's the tree of knowledge, we know it's going to be fear-based. You know, as it says, you know, there's only two emotions. There's love and there's fear. And when we're in that fear consciousness, there's a lot of worry there. It has something to do with limitation or lack. That does not come from the qualities of God. It is not from that tree of life. 
But like I said, we always have a choice. You know, we have the ability to name things. That's what it says in the, in the initial part of the, the book of Genesis. And as someone said in one program, we're, we're, as humans, we're meaning-making machines. We're making meaning out of circumstances that are neutral. They are what they are. But what we do, we place our perception on top of that, and, and we give meaning to those things. So we end up con- creating and inducing different states of awareness and consciousness, and it begins to clothe itself as our experience. Yet individuals create all kinds of excuses as to why they may be in that particular state that they're in. Because what has begun, their thoughts have become a cycle. And they think this is how it's supposed to be because they say things like, this is how it's always been. My parents acted like this. Oh, my grandparents acted like this. And they thought like this. This is the way it's always been in my life. You don't understand, Rev, if I'm talking to him. That's just the way it is. This is the environment in which I came from. This is the kind of environment I came out of. I'm conditioned to believe everything that happens and everything that happens is about me. You know, it's about me. You know, so they're eloquent, inciting chapter and verse. And when that first state of mind was invoked, particularly if, you know, if someone spent a whole lot of money digging into how that state happened in the first place, and they'll say, you know, I remember, you know, when I first became sad in my life. My father walked out the door. When he closed the door, it slammed. And every time I hear a door slam, I get sad because I know it is about me. That door is about me. Now, I'm not discounting any of that. We all have our stuff that happens to us. I'm just saying that we have control over the meaning. We have control over the pictures in our mind. And we can take dominion and control and give everything new meaning. Everything. So the question is, the tree of life or the tree of knowledge, we have that choice today. And we can unhook from the false notions and proclaim our life is indeed the life of God. We can proclaim that our life and our breath is the breath of God. We can proclaim that our love is the love of God that moves through us, and that is the love of God. If we walk in this awareness, we will begin to activate unseen and even untapped latent power within our soul. We just have to drop the false personal belief systems so that we may activate and give away what the spirit of living God has already given us. We got it all. It's already here. And what we need to do is shine it. We just need to express it. We just need to respond to the God presence, also known as the tree of life, and then go forth and be it. Because what we need to do is shift our own perceptions. This is the choice that we always have. You know, we all have stuff in our life. You know, the external world may be beating us up maybe on an individual level or a collective level, at least that's our interpretation. But we need to know that things that are disturbing, that appear to be happening to us, those experiences, they just happened. But they do not have the final word because we have control over our inner attitude. 
We're here to develop a strategy so we can have that strength to hang out in the faith of love and joy, regardless of the experiences. And if we do, those God ideas that are everywhere find a corresponding vibration in us. And then we can say the same thing that the master teacher Jesus said when he said that the prince of the world will come and find nothing in me. Really what he was saying is that I'm not open to the contagion of the worldly thought. It does not vibrate at my center. I'm not interested in it. It can be all around me, but it cannot influence me in any way. You and I can say the same thing when we stop going against ourselves. You know, that's when Don Miguel Ruiz, he calls that sin. You know, I always call sin nothing more than self-inflicted nonsense. We do it to ourselves. So we can say, I'm not, I'm so interested in God. I'm so interested in beauty. I'm so interested in being my higher self. I did not even notice the emotional contagion that swept through the country. I did not even notice or hear the gossip that was going on in the world. I didn't even notice or know about everyone that was so upset about that news item that came into our life. I was so into knowing the truth. Yes, I heard about the facts. I saw the changeable facts, but it has no emotional influence on me. I was rooted in the tree of life. I was standing in the light of my own understanding that the power and the love of God is right here always. And as we remember that, remember that is the truth. And it is the truth that liberates us and sets us free. And so it is. Let it be. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transforming